The Hoosiers lose an emotional, frustrating, disappointing game to Wisconsin at home on Tuesday, and now things are trending quickly in the wrong direction for the program. We're going to recap that game, uh, where things went wrong for the Hoosiers, and how much this changes the uh, tournament outlook for the team today. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, guys? It is Wednesday, February 16th. This, as always, is your one and only daily one-stop shop for everything IU Athletics Locked On Hoosiers. We have you covered with uh, news, analysis, previews, recaps, it's going to be all about men's basketball today as they fall to Wisconsin at home. We said it wasn't a must-win game, but it was an important one. Uh, Hoosiers let that one slip away, and it's very, very frustrating to say the least. We're going to dive into that here in just a moment. First, I want to thank you guys for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every day. Reminder, we are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, where we are premiering episodes daily at 7 a.m. so you guys can join in with other Hoosier fans to talk about the game. Well, in this case, the game or whatever we talk about on the day. Uh, As always, you can subscribe to us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Uh, Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Hoosiers as well. I think we're going to start doing some halftime Twitter spaces. Uh, during that so be sure to head on over there follow we can talk about how things are going during games uh, as well this one would have been a very frustrating one to talk about Hoosiers definitely let this one get away for those that did not watch on Tuesday uh, Indiana loses to Wisconsin at home 74 to 69 Wisconsin scored the last eight points of the game if we're talking the main takeaways from this one, to me, I know it's not Hoosier related. The end of that game, my only thought was Johnny Davis is a really bad man. Uh, I have changed my mind a couple times on who is the Big Ten Player of the Year. Thought it was Jaden Ivey. Thought it was Kofi Coburn. After last night, I think it's Johnny Davis. Any of those guys are absolutely deserving, but my oh my, what Johnny Davis did to close that game for Wisconsin was. Incredible, impressive, every um, adjective or superlative, I should say, you want to use fits the bill because he scores Wisconsin's last 13 points and carried them over the hump because the second takeaway, maybe probably should be the first takeaway, is how much IU capitulated down the stretch. Uh, It's not new, and it's something that's going to continue to haunt this team the rest of the season, but boy, was this one perhaps the most frustrating because this was a really good 35 minutes from Indiana. Trace Jackson Davis played probably his best Big Ten game of the season, one of his best games overall this season, and it goes kind of by the wayside because it comes in a loss. thought the Hoosiers got caught up in the emotions a little bit, Uh, I will try to avoid saying anything about Brad Davison because uh, my mama raised me to, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. But his antics worked. 
because I thought the Hoosiers got pretty emotional there during stretches. Parker Stewart, by far the most. I was worried about getting him the ball because he seemed to have uh, a... He wanted to go one-on-one with Brad Davison every time. That's what Brad Davison wanted. Uh, He set a trap. The Hoosiers were falling into it. That still doesn't really change how poorly they executed down the stretch. They missed nine of their last... 10 field goals. The only make was Xavier Johnson sneaking in to put back a wildly missed three pointer. Uh, and that was, that was it. They weren't even close on a lot of those shots to end the game. Wisconsin packed the paint against Trace Jackson Davis late. Uh, rightfully so with, with him finishing with 30 points. And the result is the Hoosiers couldn't do anything. Um, I thought maybe they should have put Parker Stewart uh, next to Trace Jackson Davis because Wisconsin was doubling um, repeatedly on Trace whenever he would start to make a move. But they still, IU still got open looks, whether it was Xavier Johnson, whether it was Trey Galloway. And Wisconsin was willing to live with that. They were playing well off of them. They thought that they could recover in time to challenge a shot enough. They also knew that those guys aren't typically people that hurt you, and they didn't on Tuesday. Xavier Johnson and Trey Galloway both had looks at uh, three-pointers late in the game and both missed badly. Uh, On that final play, they didn't go to either of them. They did go to Parker Stewart. They attempted to, and chaos ensued. Uh, Mike Woodson said that they wanted to go to a pick-and-roll, but he said, quote, I thought we froze once the ball got in. We just froze um yeah i guess i don't really know what was supposed to happen there mike woodson is typically a really good uh after timeout um kind of set play designer there's been various ones they've installed throughout the years or throughout the year i should say the one that rob finnessy hit the game winner against purdue on was a a, it's a really nice uh, out of bounds set that has multiple options um i don't think it was a mike woodson thing and a lot of this stuff is just things that Mike Woodson can't control. Not to say he's blameless, but he's just in kind of a tough predicament with a lot of this. The penultimate play, uh, Trace Jackson Davis got the ball in decent position. He was going to have to work a bit. Uh, Wisconsin doubled. He kicks it out to Xavier Johnson, who misses pretty badly. And Trace, after the game, said, I saw Brad Davison dig. Xavier was wide open. Sometimes you don't hit him. I'm always going to take, I all, I'll always take that shot by him. That's just the guy Trace is going to be. He's going to make the right play. We're going to talk about that in a bit, whether that's the right thing to do, but it's pretty clear. I use reverting to some old habits, whether it's really bad turnovers. Uh, there were moments where I thought the Hoosiers could really put their, uh, the pedal to the metal and really kind of extend that lead a bit. And there'd be some really costly turnovers that they don't feel like they hurt as much when you're up eight points. But in a game like this, where the Wisconsin ends up coming back, they all matter. Guard play was not great. Again, we'll talk about that. Uh, That's been a a struggle. Uh, There's just been a high variance with the guards this season. And just a general over-reliance on Trace Jackson Davis. You saw late in the game, it was a lot about trying to get him the ball. Listen, when... Wisconsin was essentially playing a zone. It wasn't officially a zone. It was five guys looking at Trace Jackson Davis and worried about everyone else secondary. 
uh, knowing that they could get out to them. So um, it wasn't, it, it was, there just wasn't a lot those other guys could do because Wisconsin was just daring them to hit threes and IU couldn't. And we're going to talk about the late game offense and what the, what type of position Mike Woodson is in here in a bit. Ultimately, I think IU still controls its own destiny in the tournament. Things are getting really, really, really hairy now, though. We're going to talk about all that. I wanted to touch base on everything first. All the stuff we just talked about, we're going to dive in deeper. We're going to start looking at some specific players here first. But it is February. Typically, this is about the time of year where you've given up on your New Year's resolutions. Not this year. If your guys' is about getting healthy, Built Bar still has you covered. It's really not even like you're eating a protein bar. Uh, it doesn't feel like it, so it doesn't even feel like you're having to stick to a resolution. Have you guys also tried the Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best-tasting bars. Puffs are the first-ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors, yummy cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. Um, they're all so, so good. These are going to be your new favorites. All Built Bars in general are just covered in 100% real chocolate, including those puffs. Uh, that's what makes them best and most tasty for me, is it doesn't feel like you're chewing on a, a protein bar that's hard to swallow and waxy and all that. Um, they're low calorie, high in protein. You can replace your candy bar with these. They're better. Typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Built Bars contain 130. Go to built.com today, guys. Check out the new puffs. Check out what flavors they have available. There's always limited time ones coming up. Uh, be sure to check out the white chocolate cookies and cream, uh, the limited flavor for this month. While you're there, once you get your cart loaded up, uh, be sure to use the promo code LOCKED15, get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Thanks again for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms, wherever you guys listen to your podcast at. Let's do some individuals. Uh, use those as kind of talking points for this one. You have to start with Trey Jackson Davis. Uh, again. Remarkable performance from him. He he said after the game that he had a bit of a foot injury. Uh, I think he kind of called it a nagging injury. Um, he's He rested the last two days, did not practice, but he said that's what he felt better on uh, Tuesday, and that's what led to that performance. Goes off for 30 points, 10 of 13 shooting from the field, 10 of 14 shooting from the line. He had 14 of the 18 free throws for the Hoosiers. Uh, he had eight rebounds, six assists, a career high, uh, three blocks. Uh, the more I look at it, the more that was his best game of the season, one of his best games in Bloomington. Uh, those six assists really adding to that. He did a really good job of uh, absorbing the double team, kicking out to the open guys and letting them um, make the play. But it ultimately wasn't enough. That being said, Woodson said, quote, he tried to put us on his back, uh, but he said he didn't think IU milked him enough, uh, didn't go to him enough. Part of that 
is how Wisconsin adjusted it later in the game as it went on. They basically were deciding that Trace wasn't going to beat them, especially at the very end of the game, because their first stretch in that second half, he was just getting to the line every time and just drawing fouls repeatedly. Wisconsin just decided that's not going to be the case. It, it's a tough predicament because you don't – part of what makes Trace so great is that he is unselfish and that he's never going to um, force anything. It always feels really comfortable with him. It's almost to a point where I want him to force things. And especially on a night like Tuesday where he has 30 points, Race has 13 points, no one else on the team has more than seven, especially the guys he's kicking out to. Um, They were struggling from the outside. So honestly, I would rather have Trace trying to go one-on-four into the paint on some of those plays at the end of the game than some of those threes that were taken. Um, There are nights when those threes are falling. Xavier Johnson has had hot and cold nights. He was ice cold on Tuesday. We'll talk about him in a second. Maybe you get Parker Stewart more involved on that side of the the court. He seemed to be in his own head about this Brad Davison thing, so that wasn't working. Maybe it's a Miller cop. He only played, uh, he played 24 minutes, but he only attempted two shots on the night. IU was just in a weird spot at the end of that game, and the way Trace plays, he's not going to force things. And I don't know. It, maybe Mike Woodson has some type of talk to him about it. He kind of mentioned it in passing after the game that he thought there were a couple times Trace was in good position and passed to uh, an open teammate rather than taking it to the rim. It's a double-edged sword. Um, you wish you weren't in the, in the position where he had to pick either or. With this IU team, though, it's not that simple because, as we saw on Tuesday, a lot of guys struggled. Xavier Johnson, it was not him. For, it was not it was not a good night. Uh, again, against Wisconsin, he struggled. He goes 3 of 16 from the field, 1 of 6 from the line, or from the three-point line, 7 points, 5 rebounds, a couple of assists, but 5 turnovers and a steal. That means in two games against Wisconsin this year, Alec Lassley of the Hoosier.com added this one up. 17 points on 7 of 32 shooting, 9 assists and 8 turnovers. I thought we had turned a corner with with, uh, Xavier. It doesn't feel like it after the last couple games. We're kind of back to square one in that regard. There's just such a a wild variance between when Xavier's at his best and Xavier's at his worst. In some ways, it reminds me of Troy Williams. It was a running joke. Uh, For those that don't know, I used to write at CrimsonCorey.com, and it was kind of this running bit where we said, sometimes Troy Williams does good things, sometimes he does bad things. By the time he was a senior, uh, or he was a part of that Big Ten title team, that team that made the Sweet 16, there's a lot of good things that he did, but we had to absorb a couple of years where it was anybody's guess, possession by possession, whether it was going to be good or bad. That kind of feels like where we're at with Xavier Johnson. Uh, it's just that I don't know that we're going to see kind of the fruits of the labor because he's already been elsewhere. You would think it'd be one of those things he had kind of built enough experience to learn on, but ultimately he struggled mightily. This is a game I thought they really missed Rob Fennessy. Uh, I, I knew it was going to be tough without him. They have been, they've struggled a lot, 
uh, with him out. Maybe it's a coincidence. I don't know that he's going to solve every issue IU has, but um, on a night like this, he would have been a nice alternative option. I don't think uh, Xavier Johnson would have closed this game if Rob Fennessy was healthy. Christian Lander played, a, tried to play a little bit. He only played six minutes, went one of two from the field, had a foul and a turnover. Um, that isn't going to get you playing time. Really, nobody else stood out except for Race Thompson, who probably was someone that didn't get the ball enough. The way Wisconsin was guarding late, packing the paint, uh, unless you go four out, one in with Race Thompson as one of the guys out, he's kind of in this no man's land where he's in the dunker spot, which is kind of in the baseline, weak side typically. Uh, he's kind of in that dunker spot, and he's only really going to be useful if Trace makes a move to the middle of the floor and he can kind of cut to the opening. Uh, and the result was that it didn't feel like he touched the ball for the last eight minutes of the game, basically. Uh, he finished with, he finishes with 13 points, five of eight shooting, eight rebounds, a couple fouls, and a turnover. But overall, he had an impactful game. He was the only IU player to finish with a positive plus minus, and he played 31 minutes. He was plus five, which means in the nine minutes he didn't play, IU was minus 10. That's the type of player he is. That doesn't shock me. It frustrates me, but Trace and Race are relied upon so much on this team, and there just isn't a third guy uh, that they can rely upon. And it's really hard to have Trace and Race be your guys when uh, the way the makeup of this roster is, there's just not enough guards to complement that. I Trey Galloway was, was decent. His best stretch was the two dunks he had in about four or five seconds it felt like i think it was about 20 seconds actually uh in the first half but he only had seven points on three of eight shooting he had four fouls uh pretty much everybody who guarded johnny davis on the night uh got into foul trouble you can complain about the officiating i'll do my little spiel on this now uh there was a lot of complaints about the officiating especially at the end of the game that play that was overturned again for those that minute missed it the real quick version uh there was a play with i think about 90 seconds left it might have been less than that where it looked like a wisconsin player had knocked the ball out of bounds off a rebound uh they ruled it indiana ball they go to the monitor to check it uh to make sure it was off a wisconsin player when they get to the monitor they notice the ball never actually went out of bounds uh, ultimately they overturned the call and gave the ball to Wisconsin because the Wisconsin player did save it to a teammate. It was a very clean recovery to use a football term. Um, I, it was unprecedented. It's not something I've ever seen before. And it, it probably sets a bad precedent, but I don't think it's one the big 10 is going to follow. I'm not sure if the rules even allow that, but what I would say is if the tables were flipped and it was race Thompson who had saved a ball, going out of bounds, or it looked like he had to Parker Stewart. And they say, it's out of bounds off him. We're going to go to the monitor to look. And they went to the monitor, and they saw that the ball never went out of bounds. Race Thompson saved it. It went straight to Parker Stewart. And the ref said, yeah, it's out of bounds off him. Wouldn't you have been furious? To me, I think it's just a common sense thing that, like, I would rather officials do that in the moment when they see, oh, yeah, there is something we very clearly missed. Let's call that whether it's a foul, whether it's a situation like that, I'd rather them get the call right. I don't, I find it really hard to complain about anything the officials did when IU was, 
as atrocious as they were offensively to close the game. In that scenario, they took away a possession from IU, gave it to Wisconsin. IU was probably going to jack up a contested shot or a miss a three or something in that possession anyway, based on how the offense was going. So I was more frustrated with how IU was playing. I didn't really care whether the officials, whatever they're doing, it just didn't really bother me too much. So that was my rant on people complaining about the officials. IU has way too many problems of their own making for uh, me to really get upset about how the officials are doing. Let's look at some bigger picture things because IU is certainly reeling now. Uh, and I, their tournament hopes are starting to be questionable. Uh, so we're going to take a look at where they stand in that regard. First, football is over, but that doesn't mean there isn't plenty of stuff to bet on on betonline.net. Basketball is in full steam, whether it's pro or college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC, all the way to Olympic coverage as well uh, and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. So the Hoosiers now on a four-game losing streak, and it's pretty bad. We talked before the start of this, that this was going to be their toughest stretch of the season. Um, it's not over. They have to face Ohio State on uh, next Monday. Spoiler, I don't think that's going to go very well either, but uh, we will. We have plenty of time to deal with that. Ultimately, I think if IU goes 3-2 and two in this stretch, if they lose to Ohio State, lose to Purdue, but beat Maryland, Minnesota, and Rutgers, they're going to finish 19-11 and 11 and an even 10-10 and 10 in Big Ten play. Not counting. I'm assuming it's going to be a first-round exit in the Big Ten tournament because that's what IU does. So if you go 10-10 and 10 in the Big Ten, 19-11 overall, you hold wins over Purdue, wins over Ohio State, Notre Dame, um, only one, I think, really bad loss, that Penn State game. That... That isn't a bad resume. I think it's still going to be enough to get into the tournament. Ultimately, Mike Woodson's first year, like that's, I think, a big accomplishment because you look at where this team was last year and they weren't even close to the tournament. So it's hard to keep perspective right now, though, because I'm, I promise you, I'm as frustrated as you are. I just uh, vented our good friend that's always on the podcast, Jared Gasul. He's going to be on later this week. I vented a lot to him tonight. We were going back and forth. It's a frustrating it's a frustrating way to lose this one. And the Hoosiers after it seemed like it was a done deal, I think they were up as high as a 7 seed. They're cutting it mighty mighty close uh with this tournament and it's getting it's getting hairy to say the least. I think the most worry, worrisome part is just how badly they're regressing. Um the offense is now very middle of the road at best. And when you look at Big 10 play, they have been awful. 13th in efficiency, 14th in effective field goal percentage, 13th in three-point percentage, 10th in two-point percentage, 13th in free throw percentage. 
it's just not a good offense. There, the problem is there's just not an answer. Uh, I was looking at a couple. I went back and watched a couple of the final plays just to see what had happened um, defensively, what Wisconsin was doing. When you look at it, Mike Woodson's really in an, like a no-win situation because specifically looking at the at the sequence with a minute left, ball gets into the uh, post on the kind of right side of the court, the the near side to where the camera was, and four Wisconsin defenders have a foot in the paint. The only one who doesn't is on the far weak side, and that is Miller Cop over there, and he's the only shooter. Race Thompson's in that dunker spot. Xavier Johnson and Trey Galloway are up top. And that's not a good offensive lineup. Your best bet is to go four out one in. They're going to leave Race Thompson wide open wherever he's at, more open than they're leaving Xavier Johnson and Trey Galloway, I'd imagine. And you just struggle to score with that lineup. And I thought, well, what would be – because right now it feels like Mike Woodson has to choose either offense or defense when it comes to a lineup. He's either got to pick five guys who are good at offense or five guys who are good at defense. And then I started to think of what would hit the five-man lineup off it, that if you're saying you need to score, defense be damned, we have to get a point here, what do you go to? I'm not sure that there's five guys he can trust in that situation right now because Trace is a given. I'd still put Race in there. I think he's a given. Parker Stewart, probably. Uh, Miller Cop, if it has to be a three-pointer. After that, I, I, I don't really know who you put in there. Uh, Xavier Johnson, probably because you need a point guard, but you're absolutely leaving him open. Rob Finnessy, if he's back and healthy at any point this season, you put him in there. And this is why when you kind of look at the end of games, when Trace is making the right play, but he's also making the play the defense wants him to make in that situation. And it's this double-edged sword where, yeah, he's kicking to the open guy, but Wisconsin was doubling off Xavier Johnson and Trey Galloway for a reason. They weren't afraid of them beating them. And they didn't. They missed pretty badly, honestly, on a lot of those looks. So that isn't going to change. That hasn't changed. Teams have been packing the paint all season, especially once we've gotten into Big Ten play and there's all this film available, especially when you've, you're coming up against teams you've already played. They know how I use going to play and they know how to counter that. And the counter has been pack the paint and dare IU to beat you from range. And that's going to continue to be the, the theme with this team. And there isn't a lot IU can do about it. They they even went five of 18 from three, which I mean, <laughs> for this team feels good. Uh, it was 27%, but two of the four or Parker Stewart went two of four from the line and Xavier Johnson went one of six. So, I mean, their teams are very aware of who can beat them and you got to, there isn't really a way for them to adjust right now, which is why I was saying earlier, I almost wish Trace would go one-on-four in those scenarios because I have a lot of faith in him, especially, again, on a night like Tuesday where he's red hot and feeling it. Take him one-on-four. Take the onus on yourself. Don't make the right play. Get the ball. Make a quick move. Get to the rim and force the refs to make a call at the rim. Uh, he's a star player that typically does get star calls in that regard. Um, force the the referee to make a call. Get to the line and try to score that way because 
what the Hoosiers are doing right now is not, it's just not feasible. It's not working. And you're going to come up against a bunch, like all five teams left or four of the five teams left you've played. Ohio State you beat, you, they're going to be out for revenge and they know how I, IU plays. Maryland IU beat the hell out of. They're aware of how IU plays. Minnesota is probably the worst team in the Big Ten this season. Uh, them or Nebraska. And then you're looking at Rutgers, uh, who the Hoosiers actually have not played. I, I apologize. So two of the uh, five teams they have it. And then you have Purdue at Mackey, which I'm chalking up as a double-digit loss right now based on how IU is playing. So a lot of familiarity with this. I'm trying not to get too down in the dumps right now. Uh, it is a frustrating loss. But, again, I still think this is a tournament team. I don't think they're going to lose their last nine games of the season. Based on how they're trending right now, though, I wouldn't rule it out. But the problem is I don't think the losing streak is going to stop the next game. We're going to have a lot of time to digest this one. Hopefully I'm a little more optimistic for tomorrow's episode. As I said, we're going to get Jared on sometime this week. Uh, I jokingly said we're going to bring him on to talk about whether we should panic yet. Uh, that was before tonight, and we're going to probably bring him on and talk about whether we should panic yet. So uh, we're going to kind of digest this. I'll be back tomorrow to talk more men's basketball, preview the women's basketball game against Northwestern. Uh, now for your second listen today, because you guys were so great and made IU or Locked On Hoosiers your first listen. For your second listen, head on over to the Locked On Bets podcast your daily one-stop shop for all your betting needs, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Appreciate you guys sticking with us through the good, through the bad. It's been an up-and-down season. I know it's on the down right now, but uh, keep the faith. We'll be here daily regardless. Subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, leave a rating and review. Helps us out so, so much. Most importantly, though, guys, have a great Wednesday in LEO.